All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, June 29th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, we got a big weekend preview episode. We got this is it. This is the weekend of Indiana Jones 5 and the Dial of Destiny is coming out. And we're going to predict how it's going to do with the box office. The waiting is over. But before we get to the predictions, Clayton, we're going to go through some Hollywood news. It was a movie news. We're not going to talk about streamo news or TV news or radio news. We're no. going to talk about some movie news. And I think we should start with the big news out of DC Films. James Gunn has found his Superman. He's found his Clark Kent. He's found his Lois Lane. The the casting that everyone's been talking about is complete. So Clayton, it's official. The newest Superman in the James Gunn Superman movies will be David Cornsweet, who uh, you may know as someone who is in the movie Pearl, and we we liked him in that. So David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel TV shows. I don't know if she's ever been in a movie that i can think of nothing notable but she's gonna be lois lane so uh, i think the other news coming out of this is that the runner-up for superman was nicholas holt so renfield Mm -hmm. will not be superman and for nicholas holt i mean apparently he has been the runner-up several times in his career he was actually the runner-up to be rooster in top gun maverick Okay, and he was the runner-up to play Batman in the Batman to mm-hmm. uh, to uh, Robert Pattinson. So, yeah, a bitter a bitter pill for Nicholas Holt. Though, do you think it is actually a blessed pill? Well, I can't speak to the other two parts because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman actors have gone on to do other things or most of the time are already sort of established before they become Batman. And Rooster, I think, would have been a great part for any young young actor. Oh, yeah. he If he would have got those, that would have helped him. I'm saying he didn't get the Superman part. and But but, uh, that's what I was getting to. The missing out on Superman is 100% a blessing. Okay. Because Superman is a character that has no personality and nicholas holt has too much personality he brings too much to the part now we like this gentleman at first we were like this guy looks just like another bland guy and then we realized he is the projectionist that shows pearl a porno in pearl and it immediately perked me up and i thought oh wow that's actually really interesting because he was very good Kind of a little sleazy in that movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And obviously James Gunn, you know, he came from a sleazy place. Now, is he going to bring some sleaze to this? Who knows? Could could Superman show Lois Lane a porno in in the the office of the Daily Planet? Maybe. Maybe that's James Gunn's Superman take. Maybe they work for Vivid. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, who knows where they work. Maybe they're not reporters. Right. Or they're reporters from maybe it's a period piece and they're and and Clark Kent works at Screw Magazine in the 80s. It's that. I mean, listen, that's right up our alley. Right. Right. But 
the the Nicholas Holt thing is I think that's such a blessing. No Superman actor has really gone on to great success. I'd probably probably the one that is doing the best is the is Henry Cavill. He's doing okay, but uh, you know he still hasn't found his place outside of Superman. Well, he had the Watcher know. show, and again, we don't want to talk Streamo, and that seemed to be the Witcher, the Witcher, the Witcher. And that's right. Watcher is the Keanu Reeves movie that went to right. number one with one of the lowest uh, Q, like uh, opening weekends ever. So he had The Witcher, and that seemed to be a successful post Superman thing. But then he screwed himself by trying to play Superman again, and he left. Yeah, he left The Witcher, and the and you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson promised him he'd be Superman again, and it blew up his career. So it's even the one who had the best success post Superman got screwed by being Superman. Yeah. I think this Superman legacy movie is going to be very difficult to make good because Superman, I don't think is a viable IP at this point, even though he seems like he should be because he's the DC superhero other than Batman that people know the best, but he has never translated well to a film other than the very first one because it was such a novelty. Right. You could believe a man can fly, right. right? Right. And we did until now you watch it and you're like, oh, well, uh, you know, this looks terrible. But yeah, obviously now we, we know he judge. wasn't flying. Yeah. He wasn't flying, right? So I, I do think that it's interesting to talk about this casting. David Cornsweat, I mean, listen, I, uh, you know, Godspeed, God bless, like save that money, right. whatever you make from this, because who knows what's going to happen to you after this movie comes out. Right, right, right. It's yeah. You look back, the 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 history of Hollywood is littered with the bodies of uh, Superman uh, mm-hmm. post being Superman. And, you know, uh, Brandon Routh uh, is. That was a he ended su- up that on a was CW. A Superman. That was a Superman. He, had, he ended up on a, the, a CW DC show, not playing Superman. Right, right. So th- the thing is, you gotta go for this part if it's available, and you gotta take it if it's offered. So David Cornsweat, it was in a, a impossible situation. You can't not try to be Superman. You know, obviously, yeah. if you're Leo, you don't. You're not auditioning to be Superman. But if you're David Cornsweat, this is a huge deal. It is James Gunn, who I think I, you know, we've talked about this at BOHQ. My prediction is James Gunn will not be the head of DC films when the James Gunn Superman comes out. I don't think his reign as an executive is going to last very long, but he is a very good writer and a very good director. So even with a property as boring as Superman, my thought is he might write and direct a good Superman movie, and maybe David Cornsweet will get to be an interesting James Gunn version of Superman. But either way, I mean, he's he got said, he's got to take it. He's got to take James it. Gunn. Absolutely, it's a gil- it's a it's a gilded cage. Right. you have yes. to hop into. It's the gilded right? cape. Yes, yeah. So James Gunn said that these superhero these auditions for Superman were some of the be- were the greatest superhero auditions he's ever seen. Okay? The, the James this Gunn guy's throwing around greatest this greatest that right. 
He needs to just stop it. Yeah. With fees. Yeah. Okay. He, I mean, listen, it's him and Tom Cruise out there saying everything's great and they're losing some credibility. Mm, mm. So, I mean, Tom Cruise, you know, another news item is Tom Cruise is out there today waving tickets, apparently, that he has for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm -hmm. He says he's very excited about that. And he's also very excited about Oppenheimer. And he's also very excited about the Barbie movie. So Tom Cruise is out there shilling for, I mean, he already shilled for The Flash, that it was best superhero movies ever seen. And uh, That's a disaster. But, a disaster. But, you know, if you parse that statement, how many- He's ma- not seen, yeah, how many has he seen? How many has he seen? There's a very good chance Tom Cruise has maybe never watched any of these movies. So- Maybe he saw part of Steel on a plane. Right, right, right. So, so there is a good chance that's true, technically true, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's a lot of Tom Cruise shilling for other stuff. So he's shilling for Indiana Jones, which, you know what? That one to me, I get it because it's Harrison Ford and these guys are the quintessential eighties and nineties stars. I'm sure, I'm sure Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford have been Hollywood buddies for a long time. So I get him saying, you I don't mean, think so. I couldn't imagine those two hanging out. You don't think that? I mean, I, no, I mean, Harrison Ford is a surly pot smoker. Right, right. And Tom Cruise doesn't touch any sort of substance. They're, so they're a bit of an odd do? couple. It's a bit, a bit of a, a, a Felix and, uh, and what's the Tony Randall part? Oscar Oscar. It's a bit of a Felix and Oscar situation there with Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford, but the odd couple got along, you know, you could see Harrison Ford dropping a, a, you know, a giant blunt on the floor and then Tom Cruise, you know, gets a, gets his cane or gets his walking stick and stabs it and picks it up and throws in the garbage. You could see that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't think the they're friends. Okay. I don't think they're friends. Okay. But you have a you you have a reasoning for this. Yeah. Why you think this is happening. I so this is my theory on why Tom Cruise has been doing so much shilling. He's got Dead Reckoning coming out on what is it, July 14th. And mm-hmm. you can't, you know, we said this with Kirk Minahan. You can't bribe Tom Cruise. With money. He's got all the money. You no. can't bribe Tom Cruise with women. You, you, you just can't do that. You, no. you, it's What could you bribe Tom Cruise with? The only thing he cares about in this day and age are giant screens. And so mm-hmm. I think what's happening is he's doing these favors for the other studios. You know, he helped Warner Brothers, said The Flash is great. And he's helping Disney saying Indy's great. And he's helping Warner Brothers saying that Oppenheimer is or helping Universal with Oppenheimer, helping Warner Brothers with Barbie. And I do think in return, he's getting some IMAX screens and some Dolby screens and some PLFs in exchange for his plugs. You know, because he must it's be. gotta be because he was it's the only he was thing out he cares there. about. He was out there trying to get these screens publicly. Yes. Right. He publicly said, I want more of these screens. And that is the vinegar approach. Yes. Yeah. What he's doing now is the honey approach. Yes. 
And of course, we know you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Right. Correct? Right. And so that is what he's doing. He's collecting screens Mm -hmm. from these companies, right? He's saying, I want some from Dial of Destiny. So Disney, that's why he is promoting Dial of Destiny, right? Right. He promoted The Flash. Barbie is Warner Brothers, right? Now, Oppenheimer is... Universal. Universal. Yeah, Universal stole, quote unquote, stole Nolan from Warner Brothers. So, you know, that, and that's the big one, you know, that, that is his big, uh, barrier for holding on to all the dead reckoning screens. Cause you know, dead reckoning opens on, on the 14th and then Oppenheimer and Barbie are the 21st. And so Mm -hmm. he does need to work something out with universal to get some of those screens. He need, he, he can't have dead reckoning, just lose all of its IMAX screens after one week to Oppenheimer. He knows that that would be a disaster. Barbie is not, I don't know what the number for Barbie with, with PLFs is, but it's not high. And if it's not, if any, I mean, we don't know how many PLFs Barbie's going to get, but it's going to be way, way, way less than Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer grabbed all those up. So it's mostly just, you know, the, it's mostly just like, he wants to have a good relationship with all these other studios so he can grab these screens. Right. 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 I think that I, I can't, I can't fathom what, and listen, of course, Tom Cruise loves the movies. He loves theatrical. He wants theatrical. And, yeah. and to he exceed. did the same thing with Tenet. Yeah, he did. He did the he same did. thing with Tenet. He went back with the big mask on and said, Tenet is great. And we let it slide. Right. But, right. but Tenet wasn't playing at the same time as a Tom Cruise movie. You know, yeah. that he didn't have any uh, a competitive situation at the time with Tenet. If he's telling everyone you got to go see Oppenheimer, that's coming out in the second weekend of Dead Reckoning. So he's got to be doing yeah. this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and the screen thing is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's got it's got to be the screens. Uh, one last thing, you know, uh, just to close the loop on the Superman casting news. Any. Thoughts for you on Rachel Brosnahan being Lois Lane, following in the tradition of Margot Kidder. And uh, and of course, I, I would say maybe the, the the actress who got the most out of playing Lois Lane is Terry Hatcher. I feel like Terry Hatcher might be the TV doesn't matter. doesn't matter uh, who played Lois Lane in the Brandon Ruth Superman. Was it Kate Bosworth? It was Kate Bosworth. And then it's Amy Adams who Who already had a career. Yeah, it's so bizarre. She people I think Lois forget Lane. she was Lois Lane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think she likes it being brought up. Yeah. I wouldn't bring it up to her if I ever met her. Yeah. No, 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 I I definitely not. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, Rachel Brosnahan, it's a potential star making situation, you no. would think, but not no. yeah. It's never made anybody a star. Yeah. Okay. She has her lane, which is TV, mm-hmm. right? She's a TV actress. And uh, that show is, I guess, not on anymore. Or its last season is is wrapping up. Yeah. I mean, or it has it's one five of those more seasons to go. We're not sure. Exactly. We're it's one sure. of those shows that is just propelled by a minuscule audience 
saying it's great right. and everybody else in the real world not giving a shit. I mean, I tried to watch one episode and then I clicked over to buy toilet paper because mm-hmm. that's where, uh, you know, that's where that that TV show is shown. Right. So I think but this that's is- a success for Amazon. You bought the toilet paper. So so Marvelous and Mrs. Maisel did its job. Exactly. Yeah. So I am. I mean, if anybody can, you know, if anybody has strong feelings about her, then let us know, let us like know. email us. Yeah. But I have zero feelings about her. OK. All right. Fair enough. So uh, one more piece of news to throw out here is Comic-Con is coming up at the end of July. So the big news about San Diego Comic-Con is I will be out there doing some Mm -hmm. boots on the ground reporting. I will be in San Diego for Comic-Con. Haven't decided whether I'll be hosting a panel or not yet. I'm still figuring out my schedule. But wannabeo intern Christopher will also be joining me at San Diego Comic-Con. So we're going to be out there getting boots on the ground reporting, talking to fans, talking to movie makers. You know, we're going to be out there with the microphones, thrusting them in people's faces. You know, so that's that's something to look forward to. We're also going to be seeing we got our tickets to see Barbie on Friday, July 21st. So we got our Barbie tickets. Very excited. But we may be two of the biggest stars appearing at Comic-Con because the news out there right now is that a lot of studios are going to be skipping San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, I think the big one is it looks like Marvel Studios will not be putting on any panels at San Diego Comic-Con. So, um, and there's other studios saying here, taking a wait and see approach, Warner Brothers has not ruled out fully skipping Comic-Con. Paramount Pictures right now is only scheduled to have a panel for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So Comic-Con is usually where there's a lot of big, splashy announcements and trailers. And I mean, my prediction is that DC will do something with the the Superman and Lois Lane and James Gunn. I think they will be out there. I'd be shocked if they don't trot out uh, uh, Brosnahan and and uh, what's his what's his name David Cornsweet. I think David I think David Cornsweet will be there. But yeah, if Marvel is not going to be there. And uh, I mean, what, what do you make of this Marvel not going? Is it just is well? It just, hasn't Marvel hasn't Marvel skipped Comic Cons in the past? They have, but they've got the Marvels coming out in November. So you would think. Well, they certainly don't want to promote that because, I mean, that the buzz is going to be, you know, I think they're learning from stuff like, you know, Con, that there's no reason to show this stuff early because people are just gonna d- rip it apart. Right. Right. I think that's a thing. It's like, I, I think that it doesn't behoove, you know, when you're at the top of your game and you're at the top of the world and any sort of footage you show of any sort of film is going to get rapturous applause and fawning on the internet, then of course you want to go there every week. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, every year and, and show your wares. But now you're hiding this stuff. You're, you're, you're like, you do not want to, put out 10, 15 minutes of Marvels right. to get threaded online, right, to right. get bootlegged and threaded online. There's no reason for you to do, do it. Do you think and they can use the 
strike. They can use, I mean, again, mm -hmm. Marvel, again, expertly using the strike to uh, obfuscate their true problems. Okay. Do you think that these studios, you know, you've had this run of failed dislike superhero movies mm -hmm. and IP property movies other than Super Mario that have been rejected by fans. Do you think that these studios are just scared that the nerds are very angry right now and they are scared of putting their stars and their product yes. in front of these giant halls of angry nerds? When you look at there's a there's been a rash lately of people throwing objects at musical artists. Now, okay. I know that's always been a thing, but it's happening Ultimate, more and more frequently. Yeah. Well, Altima was a whole different beast. Right. But there you was know, I'm sure if they were just if they were just throwing stuff, then that's, uh, you know, right. there's there's that, that that would have been a best case scenario right. for Altima. But I think yes. I think you have angry dorks. Yeah, I think dorks yeah. are going to throw things mm -hmm. at these actors right. and these executives and these directors. You know, I, I think that's a huge possibility. I, if I was somebody that was in a superhero movie, I'd say I'm not getting I'm not exposing myself on stage. Right, right, right. If you're Jason Momoa, you know, you got Aquaman 2 coming out in December, you would think. July Comic-Con, perfect time to go out there, flex, show off the updated Aquaman costume, show 10 minutes of the movie, whatever. But he, Jason no Momoa is a big guy. But if 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 nerds start throwing chairs, it, it don't matter how jacked you are, that's going to hurt. The nerds throwing mm -hmm. chairs, the nerds throwing, even if the nerds are just throwing stuff. No, they'll be throwing like, they'll be throwing like manga right. books, you know, at, I mean, he, they're not going to be, be picking up chairs. Right. So but no matter how jacked he is, he's susceptible to paper cuts. You know, when nerd hits him yeah. at the right angle with a, with a, a comic book, Momo is getting a paper cut. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's, that's the reasoning. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't put my product up there to get shellacked and I wouldn't put my stars up there to get smacked yeah yeah now well listen myself and wannabe o intern christopher we're gonna be right in the middle of this and the nerds are angry because the superhero movies have not been good this year but the nerds might be even angrier because the superhero movies weren't good and the stars of those superhero movies aren't gonna be on stage so it's it's gonna be I a mean, wild we know situation. there's no pleasing fans like there's rabid fans cannot be pleased in any capacity. I think the Mario fans are pretty pleased. I think you could have a panel that just for now, Mario for now. Sure. Well, you've got to pick your for time. Now. So I think, you know, Nintendo throws a panel uh, in at Comic-Con. It's going to go great because th those fans are very happy. You, you know, you trot the rock out there teasing Black Adam too. That's. That's, you know, he's he's getting hit again with with paper straws and such. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, is that your take on it? I mean, it, I, it, I mean, I think so. You know, are, are you going to I mean, I know you're 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 there for other reasons, but are there any panels currently that you are going to go see? No, no, I I I listen to wait to get into these big Hall H panels you're sleeping outside and I barely like walking outside. 
at the, at this uh-huh. event. So no, I will not be sleeping outside camping, uh, uh, peeing into a walking dead collectible water bottle in the middle of the night. So I could get into a panel that that will not be happening, yeah. but I, I will be there. I'll be on site and I will be, uh, you know, I'll be following the news. So yeah, I, I will be there. So we'll see. So I think it's time. Let's get into our weekend preview of what's coming out. So the big one, of course, is Indiana Jones five, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. Harrison Ford's back. Our baby of the week, Phoebe Waller bridge is the co-star and oh, this you is can't the movie. steal that. That's Kirk. That Kirk's that's Kirk Minahan's thing. Babe of the week. You can't steal that. You're right. That is a barstool thing. I apologize, Kirk. So Phoebe Waller Bridge is the barstool babe of the week. So uh, let let them pick the babe of the let week. Let them pick it. Okay. I know. Listen, I, I who else would it be? So anyway, here's the deal. This movie comes out famously premiered at Con to a disastrous debut back in May. The Rotten Tomatoes score critical reviews have gone up. It is now officially fresh at like 66%, which that's fresh. I mean, I, I feel like back in school, the kids who were getting 66% were failing, but. Yeah, that is exceedingly not fresh. Yeah, that is not fresh, but I mean, here it is. This was supposed to. If you ate a tomato that was 66% fresh, you wouldn't eat it. Right. You know, no one ever looks. Yeah, no one ever looks at actually eating a tomato. Unless a tomato looks perfect, you don't even consider biting into it. Uh, exactly. It's a, it's a, I mean, obviously it's faulty. We all it's know faulty. it's faulty. And this has, this has been said many times yeah. by many different people, but it is, it is the case. I mean, I'm not eating anything but a flawless tomato yeah. at this age and where I live. So right now, the current tracking for the three day weekend, we're, we're not talking about five day weekends with uh, uh 4th of July and all that. We're looking at the three day weekend the box office pro tracking as of right now has this between 60 and 77 million dollars and obviously that's lower than the studio would have hoped when they announced this it's lower than the tracking looked like it would have been 6 months ago but and it's lower than the uh Indiana Jones 4 and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did in May of 2008, that movie opened to a hundred million dollar three day. But here's the thing: is it was it always crazy to have expected this movie to open much higher than what this tracking is? Why? Why was there ever a time? When we anyone could have thought this fifth Indiana Jones movie was also going to open to ninety or hundred million dollars. Oh well, what did Crystal Skull open to? I just said that opened to one hundred million, but that is two thousand eight. Okay. That is fifteen years ago. Yeah, you know that it it there was a and that also had Sh- I mean and that, you know listen that also had Shia LaBeouf in it. It also had Shia LaBeouf, and it also just had a much younger. Harrison Ford, who even though at that point, 2008, Harrison Ford was on a very bad run. His his mm-hmm. peak stardom was was pretty much long over. You know, Air Force One in the late 90s and and what lies beneath, I think, in 99 or 2000. Those are the that, last. That was 2000, I believe. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that is the last big 
hit for Harrison Ford. He went on a long losing streak and then had Indiana Jones and the uh, Crystal Skull in 2008. But even then, he's still closer to having been Harrison Ford than he is now. Because, I mean, Harrison Ford in the 80s and 90s is up there with Cruz, Hanks, you know, uh, Denzel. Julie. Like, he is yeah. as big of a sure thing movie star as it gets. So even in 2008, you're still looking at Harrison Ford that way. Audiences in 2023, he's so far removed from that. So far removed. And, and Indiana yes. Jones isn't Star Wars in that Indiana Jones is a star part. It's a star vehicle. And if Harrison Ford doesn't feel like a giant star anymore, then the IP is 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 not going to work as well. It's just not. I mean, we have seen, though, in the past, what, 20 years, 20 years plus, uh, most stars or most, uh, you know, actors cannot succeed in films that aren't part of a, you know, uh, a, a series of movies like your, you know, bad boys or men in black or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like Will Smith was having difficulties um, after his like imperial phase of being in hit movies that weren't part of, you know, some sort of series that had already been popular. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so I do think that Harrison Ford returning to this, which is other than Han Solo, his star part. Right could bring people in and not the people that necessarily always proclaim they're going to see a movie beforehand, right? This is a legacy actor in a legacy role. And listen, this movie is not going to be Maverick. I'm not saying it's going to be Maverick. No. But Harrison Ford is a guy who is currently or was currently... I can't say was currently because you're either currently or not, but he is currently in a streaming show, right? 1923. Is that the one he's in? He's in that. Yeah. He's got it. He's got a a, a Taylor Sheridan Yellowstone show, which are, are the biggest thing going Mm -hmm. on TV and streaming and in the heartland. Okay. Okay. And he is one of their guys. Okay, was a carpenter, mm-hmm. you know, salt of the earth, man of the people. Right. Even though he was like, you know, he's born in Southern California or whatever. But he right? looks Wasn't rugged. He? he looks rugged. But he looks not rugged. a pretty boy. Yeah. And he does. You know, now he's part of the Tyler Sheridan family. Yeah, yeah. He is a cowboy. So there is that element of there's so many people who watch that who don't go to the movies. Okay, they maybe saw Maverick and that's it. You know. And so we got an email and this was from June 10th. Okay. So it's a while ago, but it, it wasn't, we were going to, we said we were going to get to it. We got to it. This is from one BO person. Yell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By all indications, Indiana Jones five will not be a classic, but you are downplaying the amount of old fans. I am over 60 mm-hmm. that will come out to the theaters no matter what. And it's the last indie. Okay. Now, this is a we've talked before about 
older people maybe not wanting to reckon with their mortality. But I think there is a large swath of the population who are that age and are comfortable reckoning with it. Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And I do think that there could be 60 plus year olds who are like, how is Indy going to deal with the twilight of his life? And can I use that to prepare for the twilight of my life? Right. There could be some aspirational aspects to this where it's like Indy is an old dude who's still doing it, but he knows it's going to end. So how is he going to how is he going to deal with it? And how can I parallel that in my real life? OK, there's a possibility that these people are out there and they're not tweeting. OK, there is that. But but would you just describe there? That doesn't sound to me like an indie film as in Indiana Jones. That sounds like an indie film as in like directed by David Lowry. You know that th- this you're talking about a older people reckoning with the end of their life. This is a movie series where the enduring image is a young man running away from a giant boulder. You know, that, that, that they're Disney wants a giant summer movie. They don't want Harrison Ford in a version of a more, you know, so, so, yeah, but I'm telling you though, I mean, this is a movie that is is directed by who's the director on this one? This is the uh, James Mangold. Yes, the director of Logan, Ford v Ferrari. Yes, and listen, Logan was a movie about an old guy who dies. Okay, yeah. so he can make populist entertainment about that. All right. I'm not saying that's what this movie is. And I'm just throwing out a theory here. Right. As to why we are underestimating this film. And listen, you can also make this fun. It doesn't have to be. It's got to be fun. fun. I mean, that's the thing is this movie. It's an Indiana Jones movie. If this is just a sad contemplation about mortality, it, it, it maybe that could have won awards, though. You would have thought it would have had a better reception at con, but it ain't open into 90 or a hundred million dollars. That's, that's just the facts. Yeah. I mean, but we could be underestimating, like I'm saying who this movie is going to play really well with is, is it going to play with the, the Gen Z probably not, but it could do really well with older audiences over the 4th of July. Well, well, the thing is we're, we're only looking at the three day and we're looking at the opening weekend. So if, if what we're looking at is a movie that is going to have a much older fan base, and I agree. And we talked about this with, with Kirk Minahan a few episodes ago that Indiana Jones doesn't seem to be an IP that is endured the way star Wars had, or, or at least it hasn't picked up big amounts of young fans the way Star Wars had. Indiana Jones very much does feel like a 1980s property that already had its revival in 2008. You know? Yeah. I think that's the thing here is for fans of Indiana Jones, they went to see him one last time in what was not a very good movie in 2008. And the question is, do they want that again 15 years later. And if this is an older audience and we're looking at the opening weekend, 
will that older audience come out to put this at 70 or 80 million dollars or are they the type of audience that doesn't need to go right away so the opening weekend of this movie I understand why the estimates have gotten down to 60 million or so, because if it's an older audience, they'll go next Wednesday if they want to go. They're not going to necessarily go Friday night. But so we got an email from wannabeo boy Austin. Okay. Who is not only a wannabeo boy, but a stoolie. Yes. So, so of course he is. Yeah. Now he mentioned that. You know, this audience that we're talking about hasn't been served well so far this summer. True. They had Top Gun, Elvis, Crawdads last summer. Now they don't have they haven't had anything. So there could be a built up level of, hey, I really enjoyed going to the movies last summer. What's playing? Oh, Indy Harrison Ford, 1923 guy. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a possibility that they will. I'm not going to say rush out because it's going to be more of a mosey, but they're going to mosey out to it. Yeah, they can't rush. You, uh, you don't want these these fans getting hurt. They're not going to they're not going to run out to Thursday on Thursday, but they might get eventually get there by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a strong possibility here. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, I think, you know. Obviously, we want to do most of our talking about this when we get the results on Monday. Do you see mm-hmm. any other added value elements for this Indiana Jones movies that could get people out there? I mean, with mm-hmm. with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you had the elements of it was the first sequel since the beloved yeah. third movie. Plus, you had um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the co-star in it. That was Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, of course. You had Shia LaBeouf, who was a. How dare you? Shia LaBeouf at the time was a Wrong. big rising star. He was definitely a value add in 2008. Um, and you even had Kate Blanchett as playing a villain. I think that did mean something at the time. You know, this Indiana Jones movie, it really is just adding Phoebe Waller Bridge to the mix. They did not go get a big name. Villain, I know it's it's uh, Mads Mikkelsen is the villain. I don't, he's a internet favorite, but I do not think he matters at all, at all. No, they di- not with the general public, no. No, they didn't go out there and get a big star to play a villain. They just didn't do it. Or or get a, uh, you know, a Chris Evans or someone like that. Just a name person to play the villain they they didn't do that so i think that's the other problem the only thing that this movie has going for it is do you want to see an old indiana jones so we'll see well, we'll see I mean, that audience you're, you're the phoebe waller bridger fan what would you say she adds monetarily how much how much would she bring in i mean she's definitely how much are the, all those emmys in 2019 worth I mean, my ticket for sure is is me going there. There's a very good chance a Phoebe Waller Bridge less Indiana Jones five. I end up seeing this on streaming. I'll see in the theater because she's going to be in it. I think the problem is it's been a long time since Fleabag. It's been five or six years since she won all those Emmys. And I, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think she cost this movie anything. I think all of the uh, bizarre 
you know, uh, stuff going on online. I don't think any of that's true, but I don't think they, they wouldn't see the movie anyway. Yeah. I, I don't think though, she's really bringing a new audience to this. I just, I, I, I have to admit, I don't think that's going to happen here. I, I don't think it, it capitalized enough, right. From her moment of fame for it to be worth it. I think she's going to be great in the movie, but that's, I mean, that's not her fault. No, no. This is when the movie came out, you know? Um, and I, I think she'll be very good in this. I predict, but I don't think her star power brings any opening weekend box office. I, I don't think so. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a value add that I could see with this movie. And I think that's the big problem. Now, I think we need to, before we get to that teenage Kraken movie, which I just don't think is going to impact anything okay other than maybe elemental but there is a film yes. that we were tipped off about by mm. adam from the stacks yep. uh, another og wannabe oh boy yeah from the beginning yeah he started the at the bottom beginning. and he's here yeah yeah and that very well could cut into the older audience for indie well, say say the name of what is this movie? Well, uh, you 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 let me. You're the one. What is the name of this? Okay, movie? so I'll, I'll you have all the information. I'll, I'm gonna read uh, from Adam and the Sex. Uh, Adam from the Sex told us, "Bo boys, uh, only the pertinent information." Yeah, yeah. Only, well, basically, the, the thing is, there's a movie with Jim Caviezel, who of course played Jesus in in Passion of the Christ. And the biggest films ever. One of the biggest films, huge film. He's starring in a film called The Sound of Freedom. And uh, this movie is from what is the name of the studio here? Angel Studios, who who brought us The Chosen. Yes. So it is a movie about Jim Caviezel as a cop or some kind of law enforcement agent who saves a child who's been kidnapped. It's a. Uh, film about fighting child trafficking. And there is an audience. He says that there is a religious audience out there, that a conservative audience out there that is forming a groundswell for this movie. And they specifically have started a campaign to sell 2 million tickets to represent 2 million kids who have been sex trafficked. So, Listen, yes. we're not looking into these statistics of how many kids get. But the thing is, it is a catchy campaign. It is very catchy. Sell 2 million tickets to represent 2 million kids. Angel Studios, that is a marketing plan. And so it's a very good marketing plan. Who does not want to end child traffic? Exactly. And so they they they're basically they've also created or i don't know if this is a, a format that's existed but adam for the stacks tipped us off that there is a pay it forward system for buying tickets that they've set up where people could buy tickets to this movie they could buy tickets to sound of freedom for other people through this pay it forward system and they have basically gamified the buying of these tickets, they have made it a mission amongst this, you know, group of religious uh, or conservative audience members, whatever group they're targeting there. These people are buying tickets with a purpose, but in the end, that equals box office. And that's obviously all we care about here. So yeah. on Angel Studios site, 
you could actually see a live counting because they've sort of made it look like a GoFundMe type of setup where you could see how many people are buying tickets. And on their website, you could see the tickets activity. And I'm looking at it right now. They've sold 568,000 tickets for this. And again, their goal is to sell 2 million tickets for the movie opening this weekend. So let's pretend it's $10, just to have a clean number, a $10 average ticket price. Yeah, yeah. That means they've sold, if this counter on their website is legitimate, and I have no reason to believe it's not, that means they've sold $5.6 million worth of tickets for this weekend already. Already. Mm -hmm. We know. We know how many tickets it sold if that counter is legitimate. And yes. they're aiming to sell 2 million tickets by this weekend. And at a $10 ticket average, that's $20 million. That's $20 million, Clayton. So right now, if that happens, okay, yeah, then that would be the number two movie in America this weekend. Yes. yes. Now- we also got word from Adam from the Stacks that it's it's opening on Sunday. It's apparently yeah, it's opening on Sunday. He he admits he do, he thinks that uh, it blows his mind. Please explain why this would be. He asks us. I mean, he kind of I think answers it in his next line as he's saying uh, this is from Adam from the Stacks. My only theory is they're promoting this film as a spiritual uh, experience, a transcendent patriotic event that serves your Sunday worship. So that is his theory. Go, yeah. It makes sense. Go after it's a church bus movie. It's a church bus movie. It's a church where bus. you can purchase tickets for other bus denizens, right? You know, beforehand. Right. right? So you can fill up these buses. Mm-hmm. So I, I still would open that on Friday. Thing, I mean, I get the religious uh, symbolism of, of, no, Friday, do, of do, Sunday, but open it on Friday. Come on guys. Do Thursday previews. I mean, yes. open it like a real movie. For, yes. For, I was about to use the Lord's name in vain, which I'm not going to do during this conversation. But um, for goodness sake, open yes. it on a Thursday. Yes. Have it because if you want this to impact, then you need it to open on Thursday. Because if it's only going to it's going to open on Sunday and people bought two million uh, tickets, that's not. Those are going to be spread out, right? Those are going to be not every v- showing is on Sunday exclusively. I'm assuming, I, right? I, so, I, I we need to know more f- information about that. Well, here's here's what could screw them in the reporting of this is let's say all of their tickets they they sell a million tickets. I think two million tickets is is a very lofty goal, but say they sell a million tickets and $10 average price, and they sell $10 million worth of tickets, $10 million worth of tickets for Sunday. When the when the uh, estimates start coming in based on the Friday numbers and the Saturday numbers, they won't be there. They will, this movie will have sold, will, will look like it's going to make $0, and that'll be the estimate when in actuality all of the ticket sales are on Sunday. The, so yeah, they should have spread this out I again, we get the symbolism, huh? Of you know, Sunday church, all that, but it just, just it's a movie, it's a movie, it's a movie. And this is a movie that is being shown in 
every theater in New York, basically. Yes. I mean, you looked it up, Pat. Yes. It's playing in in major theaters. Yes. So this is not something that is getting played in tents, you know, out in fields someplace. No. Which it might, but but not primarily. It, it is in AMC's and Regal. It is. This is a legitimate movie that it has a groundswell or a uh, guerrilla marketing that is, we'll see. I mean, this could be big. And but I'm looking, the way it's reported is going to be interesting. And it could damage the impact of this. Right. If it is reported in a way that is confusing. Right, right, right. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the New York City Showtimes for Sound of Freedom. And again, it is playing all the big theaters. Regal Union Square and 42nd Street and and how many how many showings it's got three four showings a day all these theaters I'm not seeing anything less than three showings uh the the AMC at 42nd Street Times Square is got seven showings so this is a real release but no PLFs no PLFs I don't think this is going to get a IMAX screens I don't think that uh that uh sound of freedom is getting any IMAXs, but it's a it's a this is a fascinating piece of reporting from Adam from the Stacks that again I'm looking at a live counter, which I, I wish all movies did what Angel Studios is doing in terms of of the upfront reporting of how many tickets yeah they I mean how fascinating would this. it be to radical see, honesty yeah to see just a live accounting of how many tickets Indiana Jones has sold. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be um, amazing. But apparently they've sold $5.6 million worth of movie tickets. So now what are the chances mm-hmm. of someone say like Mark Wahlberg, right? Who is very big in this space and trying to bring religious films to the mainstream. Right, right. What is keeping him? And I know obviously he has nothing to do with Angel Studios, but you know, why doesn't he buy just a bunch of tickets? Why doesn't he doesn't have to go. Right. But he buys a bunch of tickets and this movie makes $20 million. That greases the tracks for more of these movies to be made. I guess which so. Hooves him. I think I think Mark Wahlberg, though, just assumes the only thing you need to get people to a Mark Wahlberg movie is Mark Wahlberg, not for the. But it's about the message. I, I guess about, so. I mean, it's about the message we'd, for him. We'd have you to know, ask he's... Mark Wahlberg that um, I, you know, I think that this is a situation where uh, this 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 studio, Angel Studios, could have got a Tom Cruise like endorsement from a Mark Wahlberg. You know, the well, way. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Though. What does Mark Wahlberg Tom Cruise? Screens? Well, th- well, it, that's that's the the only reason why Tom Cruise isn't promoting this is because they have no PLFs to give. him. Yes. Yes. Oh, if Sound of Freedom had even a single PLF scheduled for July 14th, Tom Cruise would say Sound of Freedom is the best anti-child trafficking movie he's ever seen. To and get that snatch that IMAX. And snatch that IMAX back. 100%. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. All right. So we're going to follow. Teen Kraken. Up. Let's talk about it. Teen, so Ruby Gilman, Teen Kraken is a film that I first became aware of about a week ago when I saw this trailer before I saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And previous to that, I have not heard of this movie. And 
most people haven't because it was just moved onto this release date like six weeks ago. Apparently, this mm-hmm. was a very um, rushed change. And this is coming out from Universal and DreamWorks Animation and Kraken are what? Things that live under the sea. They're like fish-like yeah. fish like creatures. It's they're an like animated. monsters. So they're under, are they real monsters or are they, are they, are they? The Kraken aren't real. Kraken are not real. I don't know. They're mytho- mythological characters, I believe. Listen, I mean, as we all know, don't mess with the sea. And God only knows what's running around underwater. I mean, you see some of these fish. Is there any difference between these fish and a, and a you know, a winged unicorn or like a goblin like a true new yorker yeah don't go in the water because there's monsters under there but this kraken movie the tracking on this is six to nine million dollars and i'm just gonna go and say it i think this is gonna be way under this is gonna be like to me i think this is a three million dollar opening and the reason is no one knows what this is it's not ip and Elemental is having a great resurgence. And I think that uh, is right, going to be we go. where all the families, obviously Spider-Man across Spider-Verse, but I think Elemental is going to be the choice of You're family. You're being so disrespectful weekend. to young girls. Okay. Who I don't want to are, be. Okay. I don't think... I think you're going against something we always, always say. The rats need their cheese. Mm-hmm. Rats need new cheese. Okay. So everybody was touting this elemental winning discount Tuesdays. Great. So a bunch of cheapskates went and saw this movie. Okay. Here's what I'll tell you. If elemental was a movie people wanted to see, they wouldn't have to wait oh boy. for cheapo tickets, okay? Every- to see this movie. Okay. Pixar used to be rush out and see it no matter what. Now it is wait and see. Elemental is a wait and see picture, okay? This uh, and and you mentioned and this is great that you gave me this this ammunition because we were we had this conversation in the last episode things were getting heated and you were throwing all these numbers at why this drop was great and this drop was great. And I said, this movie has to drop or go up. Elemental is what I'm talking about. Right. In its next weekend in order to be a success. Like a little movie called Puss in Boots. Okay? That is a run. Puss in Boots is a run. A movie that goes up in its second weekend and then does drops of 3%. Okay? Like, that is what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. All right. So the thing with this movie. Okay. Elemental. Okay. Is that it can, it cannot mount a run because it's going to be on Disney plus in like 45 days because it doesn't make sense for Disney to keep this on screens when it could have screens for indie. Okay. It doesn't make sense for this movie to continue to be in theaters the way that Puss in Boots was in theaters, okay? It doesn't make sense to do that because Uh it's not going to make its money back. Everybody's touting this as, oh, well, this is a good sign that things could possibly turn around for Pixar. (laughs) 
Oh, that the original I feel like that movies, was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. It's all on a lot the of Disney tweets. adults. Look, look at the tweets. It all they end with. The Disney with adults that. don't all sound like that. They don't all sound that's, like that. That's what they sound like. Okay. So the thing with this movie is that it is not going to be able to mount a run because it doesn't make sense for it to mount a run. It, maybe it's not going to be a complete disaster, but if that is a success in people's mind for Pixar, then that's pathetic. But we're talking about this weekend and how it'll play out in terms of what the kids and the families are going to want to see with this Ruby Gilman teenage Kraken. And to me, they're going to want to catch up on Elemental. And I think that is going to be a reason why Ruby Gilman teenage track. And even though the rats need their cheese, I think elemental will be their cheese. I think this, did you say teenage track? I think you got confused with again, I trafficking and cracking <laughs> is listen. Tracking cracking trafficking is also a problem. And that's why you have to set, we have to sell 2 million tickets to Ruby Gilman. Now that's a promotion. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no promotion for this movie. It, Honestly, Universal should have should have given this one to Angel Studios and see what they could have worked with this. I'll come up with what, some kind of angle. The reason this here. is going to do poorly, uh, and I don't think it's going to do as poorly as you're saying, but if it's going to do poorly, like you said, because at, the awareness is very low on the this. awareness is very I mean, low. I I walk by a bus stop that has this uh, a big poster, and that's the only awareness I have of this. Yeah, but I walk by it every day. Yeah. Yeah, and kid, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to be enough. I mean, maybe this is, there's ads for it on, on you know, kids programming on TV, but I, I, I feel like this is just maybe not a dump, but it, it's something's going on with the accounting for them to just throw this out in the theater, uh, so close to the release date. So do we want to? Th- yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a weird it's a weird weekend to do it. But I, I guess I don't know when else. Maybe August you throw this in the theaters. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense in 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 the way that Indiana Jones is the other big movie coming out. And obviously, that is not going after youngsters and families. And maybe it's a to grab the wake of Little Mermaid. I I could see right? that. I could see that, that you've got this this group of younger girls and women who are excited because people like that little mermaid movie, but that's kind of like, you know, had its box office run and you try and tell them, well, here's the new, uh, you know, girls under the sea animated adventure. So possibly Mm -hmm. it gets a mermaid runoff, but let's get into our top five predictions for this weekend. And we're doing we're just doing the three day. We're not doing no. these padded out five days that they're going to try to tout as successes here. No, no. I mean, Monday is just July 3rd. So mm-hmm. Monday is not a holiday. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are off on Monday, but third of July ain't a holiday. So mm-hmm. sorry, this is a three day weekend. These movie companies love it, though, because they love being able to boost the numbers for their opening weekends. Right. If they could do a seven day opening weekend, they do it. Well, that's we'll just, see it someday. That of course, I mean, go back in the archives. That is what tenant tried in. Then uh, did like a 28 day opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and we broke that all down. So if you're a new listener to the BO boys, go back in the archives, listen to 
summer 2020, relive that time uh, with the BO Boys. So let's do our top fives. Clayton, would you like to go first with your top five predictions for the weekend of Friday, June 30th? Yes, June 30th. Why not? Here's how old is Harrison Ford? He's got to be 80. I'm going to say he's 80, but I'll look it up right now. I think he is 80 years old, and I nailed it. He is 80 years old. He's 80 years old. He's very, very old. That is not a value add for the lead to be that old. So so then uh, let me do something real quick. And uh, um, I mean, do okay, you, so do you think the in BO hits his age? Yeah, well, I was going to say that, but 80 is too high. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the age that he was when the 2008 film came out. Oh, okay. and that would be 66. Wow. So 15 so years ago, go, he'd be 65. He would have been right. Eight well, according to he in 2000, well, I just Googled it really quick. Got it. 66. Okay. 2008. That's okay. how old he actually was about 66. Got it. Okay. Right. So for the purposes of this, I'm going to say that it's going to open to 66. But I do think, again, I do think it'll do better over the holiday weekend mm. because of the oldsters. So number one, Indy opens with 66. Okay. Okay. Number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's still going strong. It's a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And this thing is going to continue its reign. And then number three is going to be Elemental. Wow. Okay. Number four is going to be No Hard Feelings. Now, okay, the drop for Elemental, I think, is going to be in the 40s. Okay. The drop for No Hard Feelings, I think, is going to be lower. I do think this thing could hold. Because there's some really good word of mouth. There's some unfortunate incidents going on at at viewings, and we we won't get into them. Nope. But it's showing that people are passionate about this film. So... No hard feelings, I think, is going to be number four. And I think the drop is going to be in the 30s. Can I can I give you some boots on the ground reporting that I got just this morning on this movie? Sure. And this is one of the reasons why I'm saying this. Yeah. So I ha- I was on a call with wannabe O intern Christopher. We're planning our uh, San Diego Comic-Con reporting. And he just saw No Hard Feelings this on opening weekend with several of his college friends and said first of all it was a packed screening he told me that it was a lot of young people the movie like it did when we saw it he said it played great people were laughing and we talked about last week is there a scene in this movie that people talk about the beach scene i won't go any further but he said the beach scene went over like gangbusters people could not believe what they were seeing and then he told several of his friends about the beach scene. Actually, this is what he told me happened. He showed them the beach scene because they, they found the movie on the internet. He showed them the beach scene, but, but here's the thing, his friends that he showed it to, because I asked him, so now they saw the scene. Does that mean they're done seeing the movie? And he said, no, 
they are now going to go watch the movie rather than watch the rest of it on the internet. So that is how young people operate these days. You know, they have yeah. access to everything, but I guess they're willing to pay for something if they think it's special. And that beach scene, we may be underestimating it. You know, we put the hair gel scene from something about Mary. It's in a lofty, lofty place. And obviously, I don't think we don't think anything could touch it. But perhaps this beach scene from No Hard Feelings is going to get the young people out and it's going to become a legendary scene. I mean, that's the reporting that we got from Christopher. I think this movie could make 10 million this weekend. I mean, that, that would be a pretty good hold. It would, it would only be dropping like 33% if that's the case Mm -hmm. from 15 million. And then five, I go with Ruby Gilman. I believe teenage Kraken. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, so that is your top five. I'm going to now predict my top five. Number one is going to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So she gets her first number one opening at the box office. But I do think it... it I don't think that's true. She was the voice of that robot in Solo. But we get to see her. She's the the lead. She's co-lead. So I'm counting this as her... First big number one opening for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. But I do think it opens to less than the age that Harrison Ford was when he starred in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think this opens so to this about... So this flash. I think it opens to about 63 or 64. It's an older okay. audience, and I think they're going to wait. So mm-hmm. I'm picking a number one, 63 or 64. Number two at the box office will be the success story that is Elemental. Elemental will be number two. Then I'm going Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will be number three. Number four, I agree. What's your Elemental drop? Oh, I think it's going to drop. Last week it dropped 38%. This week I think it drops lower in the 30s. I think the hold improves this week. Because last week... Spider-Man made 19 million, Elemental made 18.4, so they were neck and neck, and I think Elemental just has a better hold this weekend. I think there's some buzz around this movie, so I think that's number two. Oh, wow, it has a better hold than a movie that's been out for five weekends I, and so, already has made over 300, almost $350 million? I understand wow. you have an anti awesome. grudge, but that is the, the that is the case here. Elemental is going to have a, a very good hold, and that'll be number two. Spider Man number three. Agree, no hard. Yeah, I mean, I agree. No hard feelings is probably. I think it's going to make over ten million dollars as well. I think it's going to really start to leg out, and it could do ten or eleven million dollars at number four. And then I mean, there's a world where this beats Spider-Man. There is. I mean, there definitely is because last weekend Spider-Man made 19 million. Does it drop 50%, which puts it in nine or 10 million possible, but it seems like it's holding better than that. So I think Spider-Man ends up at like 12 or 13 million elemental, I think gets to around 14 million. And I think no hard feelings could do 10 or 11. And then number five, I mean, 
Adam from the Stacks, I'm going. I'm going with your 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 movie here, Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel. Because I'm seeing the ticket sales; they've sold at least five or six million dollars worth of tickets already. So I think this. I I, I haven't seen Ruby Gilbin Teenage Kraken with a ticket counter online. I don't know if that sold five or six million dollars worth of tickets. I mean, it definitely hasn't. So I think Sound of Freedom will be in the top five this weekend. I The reason I didn't go with Sound of Freedom mm-hmm. is because I don't know what the reporting is going to look like on these Sunday numbers. I because mean, I think this movie could, over its span uh, that the ticket buying is for, make more than ruby gilman but is it going to be reflected in the actual top 10 that comes out on deadline that comes out on the numbers that's the thing i am calling what i think is going to be reported okay i'm 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 calling what i think the actuals will be and i uh, i think the actuals are going to be this movie's going to make over six million dollars and if it does that it, it can't it if this movie makes $6 million this weekend, it can't finish any lower than number five because Ruby Gilman will not be making $6 million. It just will not happen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's your number five. It's going to be very interesting. I'm very, very excited to see these numbers on Monday morning and see where we're at. So uh, this is such a weird, why are they really, uh, and I'm only seeing July 3rd, Monday as July 3rd day. I mean, th- he says that this is coming out on Sunday and uh, when it comes to these movies, I trust Adam from the stacks is reporting, but we'll, we'll, we will see. We will see. Unless the, the, unless the other ones are all sold out, unless the, the, the Sunday ones are all sold out. I don't know. I mean, I think this is not going to be reflected on the weekend numbers because if this is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if that's what this is, then we're it's gonna, not going to be, we're going to find it's not out to be reported. We're going to find okay. out. So Clayton, so I think we've used by this rollout. I think, I think we've done it here. So of course, everyone email us at the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your predictions. We love getting your boots on the ground reporting, of course. So email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the BO boys pod on Twitter. And soon it's happening. We're going to be on TikTok, Clayton. That is in the works right now. Wannabe O intern Christopher, as we speak, is prepping the TikTok account. We will not be dancing. I mean, I'll never see it. But you'll be I'll on never it. See it but, you'll be all over. But I'll be on it. You I'll will be, be a TikTok it, star. You'll be a TikTok star, but you'll never have to see it. But that is happening. Well, uh, that's that's like a riddle. What a, what are you all over, but you'll never see? TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. So uh, we will announce that handle as soon as it is up, but get ex- start getting excited now to follow us on TikTok. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the BO Boys Pod. We are YouTubers, so go subscribe, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, and ring the bell. Ring that bell. Yep, ring that bell. Um, our YouTube is blowing up, and... Again, wanna be Owen turn Christopher and I had a meeting at BOHQ and we've got a lot of fun stuff planned for the YouTube channel. 
it's gotten to a point where you can't experience everything just listening to the podcast. You have to follow us on the YouTube channel. It is a multi-platform experience now for the BO Boys. So follow us, subscribe on YouTube, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends to start listening to the BO Boys. And yeah, I mean, I think I think that's it, Clay. I think we've done it. No, I think we did it. I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except for, until next time. We'll, we'll smell you at, at the, the box, box of, of this. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>